god. I... Okay, so I had, like, this realization last night at about 2.30 in the morning writing the episode 4 summary, and, and it was just dawning on me the commitment I've made to, to do a Bleach podcast. <laughs> It was, I think it was around, like, word 1600 of this fucking summary. <laughs> um, I'm just like, wow, I really, I really did make this commitment. Well, um, you, you made a proposed commitment. I'm still not fully committed in my heart of hearts. Well, we'll you see. may not be committed, but, like, that makes one of us. <laughs> you, you leave, I'll find another co-host. <laughs> True. Well, you already have another co-host. You'll find a third co-host. Another right. vocal co-host. I'll, <laughs> I'll do a podcast with Lynn, and, you know, it'll just be her and I, like... <laughs> but me talking to the text. Oh, it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. <laughs> Alright, well, if we're starting things off and doing the actual, actual podcast part... Uh, might as well start with the housekeeping stuff. Uh, so first, as we've just said, well, no. First, first, firstly, first, first, first. This is Bleachcast, where we watch, or we plan to watch, all the episodes of the Bleach anime. Oh God, <laughs> at a two episode a week uh, rate. I'm Sam. He him. Uh, I'm Lily. She her they them. And we also have a third chair uh, who is communicating with us through text. But uh, Lynn is sitting in through text. So she's in the call, but I'll, I'm going to be uh, reading out her words. Yeah, um, worth noting, um, we I have had very little sleep. Uh, and by very little sleep, I mean eight hours. But, you know, to me, that's very little sleep. Um <laughs> I, I, I was up till 3 a.m. writing uh, the summary for episode 4. Um, it, it it was pain, but you know what? I, I got through it. We're, we're doing this. We're, we're making this happen. Um, I was going to pull out a, a very special voice for everybody, but you know what? I, I, I feel like... I feel like if... You both know when it's happening, it's not going to be as fun for me, so I'm going to withhold my special voice um, until a later date. Excellent. Something something to look forward to. <laughs> and then forget, and then get sucker punched by. <laughs> and as Lynn says, yeah, nothing feels like ever enough sleep, um... The world's on fire. We're all like exhausted mentally, spiritually, and physically. Like, it's fine. <laughs> we gotta charge our way out too. I mean, we're, we're doing a bleach podcast. We're just we just have to go through and do it. Like, oh my god. So, the these these summaries are wrong. Very very long. Not wrong. Well, I I don't know. They might be wrong. Uh, should, should we just hop into it? Uh, before we do, there's a little bit more housekeeping things, which is, one, the schedule that we're aiming for is to record these on Sunday and then have a podcast out Tuesdays? Yeah, we're, we're aiming for Tuesdays. Um, 
typically like 11 a.m. is when we're going to try and release them. That being said, on Sundays, we are thinking and we're, we're thinking about putting out like a call for like some questions regarding the episodes on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at uh, IWO. Uh, fuck, I forgot our Twitter. Hold on. <laughs> the Twitter is at Bleachcast. One word. It is at Bleachcast. And the email, which people could also send uh, questions to, questions or comments to, and maybe we'll read them at the end of the, at the end of each episode if we're not going on too long, is iwo bleachcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for being a fool. I <laughs> did not realize I made it so simple. <laughs> who would Who would have guessed that at bleachcast was actually available? Yeah, no, I was very, very surprised. And then <laughs> one last thing before we do get to the summaries is at least, like, I, after listening to our first episode, I kind of, I feel that I was a little bit too negative on certain parts of Bleach, specifically parts that wouldn't make sense to anyone who's actually doing a follow-along. So I'm going to try to, going forward, uh, not mention or reference the future stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So, if someone is actually watching Bleach for the first time and following along with our podcast, then I would don't, I don't want to spoil anything for them. And also, uh, not be down on Bleach or characters in Bleach because of future stuff. Because there's a couple of characters that I'm disappointed in the direction their arcs go, but that shouldn't stop me from enjoying the arc in the current... Because a lot of those characters have really cool stuff, especially in early Bleach, early to mid-Bleach. And the third part is not look up stuff because I stopped watching Bleach about 12 years ago at episode 169. That was the last episode that I saw. And I know there's a lot of like anime content that I haven't seen, so it's completely fresh and that there's also a bunch of that content that wasn't even in the manga. So it's like I'll be going that's the point where I'll be going in completely blind. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling pretty much the same way. I I don't have as many qualms about looking things up, because, uh, I mean, I kind of have to use the wiki when I'm writing my summaries, um, but also uh, I have a surprising amount of memory of what happens. Um, there, there are obviously bits early on, I'm like, oh, I forgot about this, but like, I, I have a pretty shocking amount of memory of things that happen in this show, um, aside from the filler, because I, uh, aside from, like, the Bount arcs, which are, like, the earliest big filler arcs, uh, I have not seen any of the filler. Um, and, you know, I also stopped, like, halfway through and started reading the manga, um, but... Yeah, uh, I'll try not to spoil anything. Uh, I'll do my best. Let's uh, get into it? Uh, well, to finish the, the point, Lynn's also mentioning that she has extremely vague memory of everything, despite having seen potentially the entire anime. She's not sure. That's perfect. That That's so perfect. Lynn, thank you for being our perfect, perfect podcast specter. Alright, so now I think we can go straight into the... Straight into the summaries. Into these okay. several thousand words we've written. Yeah, so I, I tried to make it shorter, um, but um, no. <laughs> um, so episode three is titled, The Older Brother's Wish, The Younger Sister's Wish. 
We open up ba- we open back up immediately after Orohime's brother, Sora, attacks, leaving Ichigo to wonder why he would come after them. Rukia theorizes a strong hollow is sending many hollows after him, which she feels would explain so- why Sora appeared. Ichigo is angry as usual and demands to know why he should what he should do, and Rukia is like, he'll just wander forever and keep attacking, so obviously you have to kill him. Rukia then says they gotta go because Orohime is in danger. Back at Orohime's, Tatsuki suggests they have dessert, while Orohime breaks out the leeks and bean jam. Suddenly, Orohime's teddy bear and Raku's face tears open, and he falls off the shelf. Orohime picks him up, wondering what happened, and both girls hear a few distant crashes, both of them reacting with confusion. Cut to Ichigo, hopping across rooftops with Rukia on his back, and wondering aloud why hollows target their own kin, which Rukia explains, there's a lot of Rukia explaining in these episodes, by the way, uh, is totally normal. Hollows are souls who are not guided to soul society by a soul reaper or protected from hollows, which, pretty sure this was explained a couple episodes ago, but whatever. It was mentioned, but it's also, like, it is the early stages of a shonen where they're not e- they're not certain everyone's watching week to week. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I, I get it. I, 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 I was, like, pretty sure that was explained, but yeah, that, may, that makes sense, and that, that was kind of where my mind went to. Um, anyway, Sora will go after the one he loved most in life, since he couldn't eat Ichigo. She then states that the mark on Orihime's leg was caused by a hollow. Worth noting, this entire conversation takes place while running along telephone wires. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> Bleach does get extra. Bleach does get extra. Back at the apartment, Orihime notices blood coming out of Enraku, her teddy bear, and pooling in her hand, when suddenly Sora's hand bursts through her, causing her to fall, appearing lifeless. Tatsuki calls out and gets completely wrecked by Sora immediately, and wonders what in the hell is going on since she can't see ghosts. She gets up and, like, kinda sees Sora over her, and she, like, puts her hand out and stuff. Um, like... It looks like she sees her, but in, in the wiki it says she, it's like a faint aura, but whatever. Orihime freaks out when she sees her own body laying by Tatsuki and notices a chain attached to her chest, realizing she can't breathe. So, I, I want to stay. I do not remember this chain at all. <laughs> right, well, the I I remember the spirit chain because it becomes even, it becomes really, really important later. Um, and Lin vaguely remembers it as well. But what I want to say is that that shot of Sora's hand, like, coming out of her back, like, just that, like, two-second segment is so good. Yeah, I agree. That, it that turns, part's really good. It turns into, like, this still-painted thing, and it's like, oh, shit, what's happening? And then just Bleach goes full horror, like, Tatsuki is just like, oh, something is grabbing me and throwing me across the room, and, like, what is happening? It was, yeah, that part was really fucking good. Sora puts his hand to Totsuki's throat, and Orihime attacks him, freeing Totsuki. Orihime calls out to Totsuki, but she can only see the imprint of a hand on her arm, which reasonably freaks her out. Orihime's like, what's wrong? And Sora explains that she can't see or hear them. Orihime asks how Sora knows her name, to which he's like, oh, you've forgotten me? But she just doesn't recognize him. He claims he's saddened by this and attacks, but just in time, Ichigo shows up and blocks the attack and is like, you're after me, dummy. Sora reels back to the dark realm after some slashes from Ichigo, who notices Totsuki leering nearby. 
where Hime recognizes Ichigo, and Ichigo asks why she can see him, which she doesn't have an answer for. Uh, yeah, so basically, at this point, Ichigo just, he, he like, flashes back and he realizes, oh, it's because she's a spirit right now. Uh, but also, we get that, like, the that really cool early Bleach action song for, like, four seconds. It doesn't even get out of its intro, and then it immediately cuts off because we need to be serious again. Yeah, I, re- I recall that. I was, like, I totally, like, heard that song, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's happening, it's happening, and then it didn't happen, I'm like, fuck. Uh, Ruki explains once more that Soul Reapers can only be seen by other spirits, which causes Ichigo to be like, oh my god, she's a spirit. As Sora re- reappears and confirms this, claiming she's dead, causing Ichigo to go big angry and attack. As Sora grabs the chain and flies away, pulling Orihime with him, the fight continues for a bit uh, before Sora and Orihime return to the apartment. Uh, Orihime starts struggling, and Sora once again asks if she has forgotten him. Orihime finally recognizes her brother, and Ichigo gets really mad outside, while Rukia reminds him Sora is a monster now, and no longer has a human heart. He must be killed again. She specifically uses those terms, too. She's like, he is a monster without a human heart, and don't you forget it. And I, I want to state, like, because I, I have things to talk about later this episode, um, she specifically says the word kill um, multiple times. Um, Orihime asks if Sora is really her brother, and he says yes. She says he must be lying because her brother would never do this. Sora reveals he's just been so lonely since dying because Orihime has been forgetting about him and not praying for him, and instead hanging out with this Tatsuki chick and, you know, moving on with her life a year later. Orihime tells him she never forgot, and Sora grabs her, demanding she not betray him ever again. He then says he's going to devour Ichigo and end things before getting ready to head out. Orihime begs him not to hurt Ichigo, and Sora grabs her, blaming her for his hollow transformation, promising to kill her first if she does not obey. Ichigo leaps back in and stabs Sora's tail, causing him to drop Orihime. Ichigo gets in between the two and says the best line in the episode, asking if Sora knows why big brothers are born first. It's so they can protect their younger siblings, of course. And Sora should not be threatening his sister. My notes here just say, hell yes. Yeah, th- this is the Ichigo we know and love. It- it- it's it's so good. Um, Like, this is probably, like... To be clear, I was not that hot on this episode, and I'll get into that later. But this was the one part of the episode I was like, fuck yeah! Yeah, and so Lynn choked up uh, each time she watched these episodes. I choked up the first time I watched this episode, and it's like, this is the hero I want to see. Yeah, I, I want this Ichigo all the time. So, um, Sora claims that Orihime is his, and is like, I raised her since she was three, because their parents abandoned them. He extends his hand and promises to spare everyone if Orihime comes with him. Rukia tells Orihime it's a trap, and Sora sees the hairpins in Orihime's hair and hesitates. Recalling all the fond memories of being a big brother, Sora begins bashing his head against the wall and screaming, with Orihime crying and calling out to him, when once more he claims she's his again and attacks Ichigo, who says she doesn't belong to anyone because Ichigo respects women. Ichigo hesitates before Rukia tells him to finish Sora off. But it's too late, as Sora shoots out acid, causing Ichigo to drop his zanpakuto. 
Sora lunges again, but at the last second, Orihime gets in the way, shocking everyone. Falling to her knees, she says she's sorry for begging him not to leave her alone when he died, and states this is why he couldn't rest in peace. Not only that, she's always felt his presence. He'll never be able to rest if she has to keep depending on him, which is why she wanted to show him she was happy with Totsuki. The mask begins to fade in and out, and Sora screams in pain. Riki explains Sora is fighting the hollow within him, as he didn't become one by choice. Ichigo is confused, and Riki explains that a hole devoured by a strong hollow is controlled by that hollow, which is why Ichigo was likely the original target. Sora's mask finally shatters, and Orihime falls. Ichigo begins to rush over, but Rukia tells him that as long as the chain of fate is still connected to her soul and body, she's fine. She walks up to Orihime and begins healing her. Sora sees the hairpins again, and Ichigo notes that she told him they were given to her by her brother, so she wears them every day. Sora, saddened by this, pulls Ichigo's zanpakuto out of the ground and holds it to his own throat. Ichigo goes to stop him, but Rukia tells him that Sora is doing the right thing, and that it's okay because he can never return to what he once was. Not only that, but using a Zanpakuto to kill a hollow purifies it, cleansing their souls so that they may go to Soul Society. Which is something she should have said earlier. <laughs> yeah, this is this is where my biggest problem with the episode comes in. She, This entire episode and last episode, she specifically... Specifically, every time they bring this up, and every time this conflict, this main drama with Ichigo happens, about him not wanting to kill Orihime's brother, she specifically uses the word kill. Every single time. Except for this one time where he's about to do it himself, and then she finally explains, Oh, no, it's fine. He'll go to Soul Society. Don't worry about it. And yeah. it, it's it just like for me it completely like th this episode does have a lot of good things but it ruins the drama of the episode for me personally because it makes it feel fake it makes it feel like she was withholding information that she could have easily told Ichigo and it just it it makes the episode fall flat for me yeah there's definitely a, cer a certain level of like the, like, the episode builds up this drama, and it sets up this moral quandary, and it's like, oh, is he going to be able to keep fighting and protect people even if he has to take a life of someone he that's close to someone he knows? But then, yeah, no, they just throw it all in. They're like, actually, like, this is good for him, too. Like, it is... We don't know what happens to souls, to souls that go to soul society at this point in time, so there's still, like, a, me a measure of, like, well, purified going on to the afterlife is probably good but yeah no they 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 like completely change how they talk about it for this one scene and it's like oh well fine i guess and like it's fine that that's what happens i i appreciate us knowing now i just wish we could have been told earlier so that the drama could have been like better written uh and I, I feel like if if they were gonna go this route they should have found a different direction for Ichigo's like moral quandary to happen um but I don't know Th that's how this episode is I don't know how I would have written it better um I I just know like this feels forced I and I did not like this part and like Lynn says, like, Ichigo's learning to be a better Death Reaper 
and Rukia is learning to be a better explainer, I guess, because she she's the, not good at it right now. The amount of times in these episodes I write, like in these summaries, the amount of times I write Rukia explains is so many times. <laughs> Which I get it. I understand why. It's just really funny. Orihime opens her eyes and mentions that her and Sora had a fight when he gave her the hairpins on the day he died because she thought they were childish. She let him go to work that day without saying a word to him. So to remedy this, she tells him now to have a nice day before Sora responds with, I'm off now while smiling. And he ends it, passing on in... Uh, it's, a, it's a nice scene. Um, Orihime cries on Rukia's chest. Just one more thing also is that the... Um, so the... The in, the translation is have a nice day, and it's like what we're going we generally say when someone's leaving the house, but the word and is, is uh, iterashai, which my understanding of it is in addition to meaning have a nice day, there's also like a second meaning that basically means go out and come back and have us like have a good trip basically like come back. Oh, safely. that hurts. That and hurts. That's why she feels so guilty that the one day she doesn't say it, he died. <laughs> That hurts. Also, Lynn says that she cried twice <laughs> during this part, which is valid. Completely valid, because, yeah, it's like, oh, shit, like, you... Oh, like, that must have traumatized Orihime, <laughs> like, oh, shit. It is uh, a good moment. <laughs> yeah, this this last scene, aside from, like, the obvious, like, drama canceling, uh, is, is, is very good. I, I like this scene. Uh, I'm, I'm not hot on this episode as a whole, but, like, the, this scene's very good. Um, the next day, Orihime talks about the sumo champion who came to her apartment and blasted a hole in her wall. A classmate tells her to make her stories more realistic, while another says she likes Orihime's imagination. But Tatsuki backs her up on this story, surprising everyone. We flash back to Rukia using the Kikan Shiki on Orihime, which she explains to a shocked Ichigo is basically the flashy thing from Men in Black, erasing memories and replacing them with new ones. However, she cannot choose the new memories that they are replaced with. Um, I, I thought that scene was very funny. Uh, it, it was a much-needed breather. Yeah, it is definitely like just this instant... It, it kind of hard cuts from like, oh... Arihime's having this really sad moment watching her brother fade away and she's found like acceptance as well knowing that he'll be like he'll be doing well in the afterlife and then it just kind of hard cuts with and then the sumo wrestler destroyed my wall <laughs> it, yeah it does it does hard cut there I like it, the pacing's kind of weird but you know what I'm here for it and I love Orihime I, I, I would I would die for her well the like the the pacing is like kind of weird and jarring, but I think that's what makes it work. I I agree. I agree, completely. It's <laughs> also the like the fucking theme that happens here. That but like that that shit's that's good. It's very funny. Uh, Bleach Bleach is funny. We we've we've established this. Bleach is very funny. Um. Back in the present, Ichigo asks if this device is what she used on his family the other day, which she confirms. Ichigo states now that he can't promise to risk his life for a stranger, but he won't stand by and watch as someone gets hurt in front of him, so he will help Rukia fulfill her duties as a soul reaper. They shake hands, and the episode ends. 
Uh, I liked that exchange a lot. Um, it, 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 again, gives ex- gives us exactly what we need to know about Ichigo as a character. Um, yeah, like, he want like, it's definitely the, I don't want to, like, he's not trying to save the world, so he's not going, he's not, like, I'm committing to, like, destroying all the hollow or whatever, but at the same time, he's a good guy, and if someone's in, if someone needs help, he's going to go out of his way to help them. So he's like, well, I guess that's the job. Lynn says, you ever think of Ichigo put Soul Reaper on his resume? God, every day. I think about this every day. <laughs> I want to put Soul Reaper on my resume. I'm not sure if I would want to put Soul Reaper on my resume. I don't think Why that not? would go over well. <laughs> go to, like, a prospective job and just be like, yeah, uh, I, I worked in the afterlife for a bit. It was kind of weird. Um... <laughs> I think even if you were applying to Soul Society, putting Soul Reaper on your resume wouldn't be a good idea. God. I have friends in the afterlife, no worries. And, uh, like, a, this episode really does have, like, this, it has this, it shows this really good arc for Orihime, even though most of it is off-screen or, like, throughout time, because it's like, okay, first, she's living with her, she's living alone with her brother, uh, and she's having, like, a happy family life with him. Then, the one day that they have, like, a big fight on the... Because she thinks that there's... Uh, this thing is just, like, too childish or too young-looking. That's the day he dies. And now now she's living for... She's also living f- uh, alone as, like, either a freshman in high school or, like, late middle school or something. <laughs> like, she's God, just, yeah, that sucks. She's just living alone now. Uh, but then she spe- she prays to her brother every single day from that point on like she prays for him to like be good and everything but then she starts getting friends and not only like she doesn't just pray less to her brother because she has friends but there's there's a line in this uh, near the end of the episode where she she explains to her brother she specifically does it so that he wouldn't worry about her because she started thinking oh if i'm praying to him every day he probably thinks i can't take care of myself and he's probably like unable to move on because of it so I'm yeah, gonna... especially because she states that she can sense his presence. Like, earlier in the episode, she absolutely does state that she senses that he's always been with her. Yeah, so then she moves on to, I'm going to keep wearing the hairpins every day as, like, my own personal memoriam, but I'm going to show him that I don't need him in my life and he can move on uh, peacefully. Which then turns him into a hollow because he's kind of a he he kind of acts like a really possessive and abusive family member, but it's not really the like the show kind of wants to position this as oh that's the hollow part of him, but I don't know I feel like it could have it could have done more it on that side. It kind of sounds yeah I that was another part that didn't really work for me this episode was uh yeah like he kind of describes like how lonely he felt and like that she he felt like she was forgetting about him but i feel like if you know if okay i feel like personally speaking i feel like if i were a spirit if i if i were in sora's position and i saw that Orihime was praying to me every day, I would be able to move on. Uh, especially when she starts moving on with her life. But instead of... Because, like, again, it is that, like, codependence thing. But then when she finally does start moving on, he's like, oh shit, now I'm lonely. And 
then like then eventually the hollow takes over because he gets devoured but you're you're right Lynn he can't move on on his own he needs a soul reaper but it it still like you'd think like a soul reaper would come after him after like a year like after a few years it's a few, it, it's like a few years yeah like three years yeah I think it's three years uh part well partly i think it's just oh this is a thing that's like it it's it feels like a topic that they could have done like more of an arc around or put more like effort into talking about but at, instead it was this is more of the it's just the sad backstory that we're giving the monster of the week and that's it and that's a it's a bit of a shame but i can see why they you know they kind of want to move on because they're still in the early they're in the early stage of shonen anime which is every new episode or every new two episodes is going to introduce a new character of the main cast so we have they have to keep it moving yeah gotta keep the momentum uh yeah i guess i shouldn't nitpick too much on this uh i really was not that hot on this episode which is weird because i recall like being a lot younger in watching this i thought this episode was amazing um well, it but, has a lot of really good moments, but, like, I think it's just, it's, it's got, like, a lot of, it, it has specific great moments, and then it has, like, some bits that splash the water over it, and yeah, now that we're, we're, we're specifically looking at it with a more critical eye, so we're, of course, we're focusing more on those moments as well, so I think that just, it dampens the enthusiasm that we get from yeah. those big moments. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, should we go ahead and take a five-minute break? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Alright. Sounds good. Oh man, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, the next episode is episode 4, Cursed Parakeet. Uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I think about early Bleach, this is always the episode my mind jumps to. Um, or like this collection of episodes. This well, the it makes sense that you think about like the introduction of the characters. I usually think about episodes that are more in the twenties because I remember that's where that's where Bleach really clicked for me. Um, like I I liked it, and then we got to those episodes and was like, oh my god, this is the greatest. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to get to some of the future stuff. Um, uh, I guess let's hop into the summary. At a construction site, Yasutora Sato, or Chad, meets with some friends, one of which has a parakeet. His friend Harutoki mentions the parakeet is cursed, and all its previous owners have been killed by terrible things happening, and asks if Kitano wants it. He refuses and suggests he abandon it. He shows it to Chad and says it's cute. Gitano is like, hey, don't take advantage of him liking cute things, and the parakeet shrieks as a beam falls off the top of the site towards the teens. And like... Chad was introduced in the previous in the previous two episodes or in the first episode as just being part of Ichigo's friends and we didn't mention it last time but he is like a foot and a half taller than everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, Chad Chad's fucking huge. Chad is our resident big boy and I love him. I love Chad. I looked up his height and it's it's marked as being six feet five to Ichigo's like five foot eleven. That's actually hilarious. Holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, and like Lynn said, it's all it is like important to acknowledge. Chad is 
the only dark skin character introduced so far, and he is a giant compared to anyone else his age. And that is worth acknowledging, yeah. And this comes up later, but he's remarked to be incredibly tough and strong. But it's like, yeah, you, you did kind of go, you did kind of take these tropes, and you and you mushed them together. Thanks, Kubo. Uh, there is a cat looking at me. Oh no, he, he's walking away. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that is. I I will say hi to Tubby. Hi, Tubby. He's not paying attention to me. Is your cat called um, Tubby? Uh, I have two cats. Uh, we have Bobo, uh, and we have, uh, Tubby, a.k.a. Professor Tubbington Von Bastardson. I love this precious child. Tubbington Von Bastardson is a fucking bastard, and I love him, but he loves stomping on my face in the morning. So he's a cat. Because he's hungry. (laughs) Cut to the dark realm. The strong hollow we've been hearing states that hollows must continue to eat in order to fill the emptiness of their existence. They will always crave soul reaper souls, though, because they're just so yummy that if you have one, you're just going to want them all the time. You can never have just one. (laughs) can never have just one. Uh, Cut back to the teens. Chad uses his whole body to catch the beam, protecting uh, the teens. Gitano asks if he's okay. I'm fine, he says, as blood flows down his face. The parakeet thanks Chad and introduces himself as Yuichi Shibata, and then asks Chad for his name. Chad introduces himself, Yasutora Sato, age 15. This <laughs> absolute <Gitano>. unit. <laughs> this, I'm sorry? This absolute unit <laughs> who's just like, yeah, no, a heavy steel girder just fell on my back and... I'm fine, and <laughs> just bleeding out I'm of I'm fine, I'm 15, it's fine. Oh, the parakeet's voice is adorable, Lynn. You're so right. Um, and Katana realizes that Chad wants the parakeet. Uh, the next day, on the roof of the school, Ichigo wonders aloud how he healed up so fast. Ruki asks if he's surprised, and brags about being among the best in her keto class. Yes, Soul Reapers go to school too. In good interactions, Rikia asks Ichigo how to drink from a juice box, because she still doesn't know how to human quite yet. Mizu, I, I, I love the juice box stuff this episode, just saying. It's, it's like, great. This bit continues in the background for most of the... Well, it, it comes in and out of the, of the focus of the scene for the rest of the scene, and it is probably my favorite part of this whole episode. Oh, that's so valid. It's so good. Mizuhiro walks up and asks Ichigo if he and Ruki are close, and Ichigo's like, no! Mizuhiro then tells Ichigo to care more about what people think, to which he responds, I would have dyed my hair black forever ago if I cared what people thought. Um, Rukia finally finds the straw in her juice box and tries to figure out where to poke it. Mizuhiro greets her, and she enters student mode, making Mizuhiro introduce himself properly. Ichigo tells her to be careful because Mizuhiro is a flirt despite his appearance. Ruki is more interested in the juice box, however. <laughs> Mizuhiro is like, but I like older women. And Ichigo's like, that's why she has to be careful. Which, I, I, I loved this bit. It was really funny. He's like, yeah, she's an old hag. She told me so. <laughs> and I love that, like, the little, like, sign pops up above her that's, like, much, much older. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's fucking funny. And, like, so, a thing that I just really appreciate, it's it's a very small thing, but he called her old, and she doesn't go off the handle. 
like ev- like you would expect in almost every single anime. Oh yeah. Like before and since. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, that's fair. She's either like she doesn't care that he said it or she's just too focused on the juice box, both of which I think are amazing. Arcane lockbox, surrender to me your precious <laughs> fluids. <laughs> Can you imagine Rukia trying to pull off, like, a Soul Reaper spell to try and open up this juice box? You know she would. She absolutely would! (laughs) Keiko shows up... Fuck. Uh, Keiko shows up and Mizuhiro suggests Ichigo lured Rukia up here, which Keiko congratulates him for, like, crying with happiness and welcome Rukia to the Garden of Masculinity. It's party time, bitches, apparently. He, he, well, it not only does he welcome her, he thanks her for her presence. He's like, oh my god, everyone here, like, we're all dudes, thank you for brightening up my day by just existing and being here. So like, Keiko is kind of a creep, but he's got he's got a little bit of like this weird like nice n- niceness to him. <laughs> I kind of like Keiko. I wasn't expecting to like Keiko. Um, and like Lin says, he calls her Captain. <laughs> it's very very good. He's like, it's very good. Thank you for bu- thank you for improving this garden of masculinity, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Kago tells Rukia to call on him should she ever need anything. And she's immediately like, hey, get you, can you put the straw in my juice box? Chad shows up, bandage and carrying Yuichi, the parakeet. Ichigo asks if he's injured and what happened. Chad's like, it's chill, just an eye beam to the head and a motorcycle accident. No biggie, I carried the rider to the hospital, that's why I'm late. Keiko asks why he's carrying a bird. Both Ichigo and Rukia sense Yuichi's spirit as he introduces himself. Ichigo asks where Chad got him, and he gives the longest pause before stating simply that someone gave the bird to him. Keiko's like, tell us more, and Chad claims there isn't more, but Keiko begins lecturing him on, like, not telling the full story? Well, the the interaction goes, oh, I got it yesterday. And then he pauses for, like, five seconds. And then it's just like, yeah, that's basically it. And then Kago, the Kago's specific <laughs> complaint is that apparently Chad has a bad story to start. He has a bad habit of starting a story, deciding, actually, you know what? It's not worth it to tell them, like, every single detail. And then he just stops. <laughs> and he moves it's, on. <laughs> it's very funny. I, I love Chad. I love Chad so much. I, I think out of, like, the characters that have been introduced, despite the tropes, despite everything, I think Chad is my favorite. He, like, he is a, he's a really, like, the there's a kindness to him. And they also, they do a lot of work with his eyes, that every time the show goes in on his eyes, they're because like, they're, they're really pushing the gentle giant aspect, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they put more animation into his eyes than I think they do anyone else on the show, at least so far. <laughs> yeah, I agree. God, it, it's very... Chad's good. Chad's good. Uh, Rugi assures Ichigo that the spirit and the parakeet is not evil and is likely a lonely hole and suggests they perform Konso later that night. Ichigo complains because of course he does, and then he sticks the straw in Rukia's juice box while she notes that him worrying about others and sensing a hole means he's growing as a soul reaper. Uh, I, I'm so glad Ichigo is like here... Let me see your juice box. Let me just poke this in it. And Rukia, like, 
is very happy about this. Yeah, and she's like, oh yeah, thank you, the, the juice tastes good. And it's like this little, like, side thing before before we move on to the next scene. It's like, oh, you know, she's, like, she's grateful, he doesn't make a big deal out of it. He's kind of like, oh, like, before other people start thinking you're weird, hold on, I'm just gonna do it, like, it's fine. <laughs> Ichigo tells Rukia how he first met Chad in the 8th grade while he was getting beaten up in an alley by, like, a group of thugs uh, for having orange hair? Um, I, I thought this was weird. Um, I, I, like, I, I didn't think it was, like, okay, I don't think, like, him getting, like, at least, like, made fun of, like, would be weird for having, like, orange hair, but I think, like, a group of thugs, like, pinning him down and punching him in the face with brass knuckles for having orange hair and, like, a bad attitude is kind of a lot. Yeah, like, so, like, in this, because there's, there's guys with, there's a guy who tries to hit him with a brick, there's guys with iron pipes, there's the dude with the brass knuckles. Uh, I think it goes in, it goes more into it in the in the first chapter of the manga compared to the anime because there is like a, a couple of pages dedicated to like oh yeah like his natural hair color causes him a bunch of trouble and because people thinks that he bleaches it and that he's a punk and then they treat him like one and he's like what no you're just stupid <laughs> and then because he's combative <laughs> that just like it, it anytime someone insults him he just like insults them back and gets combative and then that leads to them trying to beat the shit out of him but yeah, no, this is this is very excessive. Yeah, it's very it's it's a lot. Uh it, it it's like a huge group of thugs. Um and like the leader is like punching him in the face with brass knuckles and then he lifts a cinder block uh, and is like about to bring it down onto his face when suddenly Chad shows up and saves the day. Um, but Chad gets, like, restrained himself and getting like beaten up, but he's just like totally unfazed by it. Um Back in the present, Ichigo states that Chad never fights back, no matter how much he's egged on. Rukia's like, that seems kind of weird, and Ichigo agrees. Uh, Rukia states importantly that her juice tastes good. <laughs> uh, later that night, Ichigo returns back home for Karin to rush past him in nurse garb. Yuzu greets him as well, uh, while carrying uh, medicine and walking past, and he's like, what's going on? Yuzu explains that there was a bad car accident nearby, and Ishin yells over the phone for a hospital, refusing more patients. He angrily hangs up, and Ichigo slides into frame, asking if he can help in any way. I, I, I love this shot of Ichigo just, like, sliding through the door. <laughs> he just shows up because he's like, okay, both of my sisters are wearing nurse outfits, and they're running out to go help with, like, the dead and dying. What can I do? Like, And he's just, it gets the immediate, like, no, shut up, you're useless, go sit in the corner. Yeah, Shin's just like, no, go sit in the corner, stay out of my way. And then he does. Ichigo does. He, like, sits and, like, mopes in the corner, and it's very, very funny. He wanted to help. Ichigo wanted to be a good boy. Let Ichigo be a good boy. There's also no, like, real good reason why he couldn't. <laughs> like, especially <laughs> given... just like that. Like, literally the next thing is like, oh, this is what... Like, you're asking Ichigo to do literally the thing that he could have done. Like, it, it should... Uh, telling Ichigo to go into corner is like... It, it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't, but it is funny. <laughs> it is funny. Um... 
Ichigo mopes in the corner while his sister is bringing in a new patient. To his surprise, Ishin asks for help and, asks, and sees his father is carrying Chad, who is still carrying Yuichi in his cage. Karin looks terrified of Yuichi, and we see a large purple claw mark on Chad's back. Ichigo senses something strange about it, and Ishin says it looks like a burn, which... I, I don't think it looks like a burn. I, I think it looks very purple. Um, <laughs> asking what hit him, and Chad si uh he tells Chad to stay here and rest for a while. I'm fine, he says, standing up and immediately falling to the ground. He takes Karin one step. He takes a single step. He he's like, I'm fine. And he puts on his, like, jacket. And he, like, takes a step. And he just immediately falls to the ground. Ichigo asks Rukia if she felt the same thing he did. Which she states she could sense it from the other room. Chad's wound positively stinks of hollow. Chad lays in bed and looks to Yuichi. Karin lies awake in a cold sweat and scaredly envisions Yuichi. The next morning, Ichigo asks where Karin is, and Yuzu says that she wasn't feeling well. Ichigo's like, that's weird. She's normally not feeling well, or she's normally always feeling okay. She doesn't usually get sick. Uh, and Ishin bursts into the room, informing Ichigo that Chad disappeared from his room. Ichigo runs down the street and is met by Rukia, who asks if he has any clue as to Chad's location. He says no and asks if she has any clue to his location. She also says no, and that Soul Society hasn't given her any heads up about nearby hollows. She can't find them on her radar, either. She explains that hollows usually hide in the space between worlds before appearing to eat souls, so they won't be able to find it until it appears in the human world. Ichigo wonders how he's supposed to understand when her drawings are kindergarten level at best, and she hits him. Uh, he's like doubled over completely in pain. valid. It's a hard hit. <laughs> like completely valid, honestly. Like if if I had put my heart into like trying to draw something the best I could <laughs> and explain something, and then you're like, "Man, this is kindergarten trash." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. I love it. Um. Uh. God. Uh, doubled it over in pain, Ichigo says they can't just wait around for Chad to get hurt again before they try to help him. And he tries to come up with an idea before remembering that there's a spirit in the bird. He suggests they so follow the soul in the parakeet, and Rukia's like, that's not possible. It's such a weak soul. But Ichigo begins glowing. <laughs> He's like, actually, what if I just do yeah, it? Yeah, what if I just do it? Uh... Cut to Chad walking through an abandoned factory with Yuichi in tow, who apologizes to Chad for bringing everyone who owns him bad luck. Chad says he knew what he signed up for and not to worry about it. Yuichi tells Chad to abandon and forget about him, and Chad is like, absolutely not. Chad's the best. Chad, I, I, would, I would give Chad a hug. Rest, but also stay, stay cool, Chad. Stay cool, Chad. Continue being the best. Can can stay cool, Chad. Be our like sign off. Because <laughs> like I feel like stay cool, Chad would be a good sign off. Tempted to make it stay cool, Chads. Stay cool, Chads. We gotta, we gotta. Stay cool, Chads is gonna be our new sign. <laughs> oh man. Like Lin says, Ichigo's thought process is. There's a logical obstacle that's that's standing between me and the resolution I want. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, but who cares? Back at the clinic, Karin coughs and sweats while thinking about Yuichi before getting up in a daze in an attempt to tell Ichigo something. Back to the glowing boy. 
Rukia watches in shock, noting that Ichigo is trying to sense Yuichi's soul from a distance, which she isn't capable of herself because it's such a weak soul. The specks of light around our special orange-haired lad become sort of ribbons, and Ichigo grabs one, stating that he found Yuichi before immediately running off. Rukia explains to herself and the audience that those were spirit ribbons, visible ribbons of spiritual energy that only high-level soul reapers should be able to see. She then runs after him. Yuichi continues to tempt Chad into leaving him behind, to which Chad states that being tough is his one good trait. They're alerted to something and Chad runs with Yuichi just as the figure lands behind them. Chad jumps out of a window as Ichigo and Rukia run down the street. Chad is surprised to see them, but turns and runs away. Karin shows up and calls out to Ichigo, who asks why she's there, before he, she immediately collapses. Rukia tells Ichigo to take her home, because otherwise he'll be too distracted to fight the Hollow, and she can't allow that. Ichigo's like, but, 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 and Rukia's like, don't worry, I can handle it, I won't make a stupid mistake like I did in the first episode, it's fine. She's like, I don't have you to worry about, so I'll be fine. <laughs> it really is like that. <laughs> I don't, like, the, it is like a cool touch as well that Chad clearly can't tell uh chad clearly can't see the uh the hollow either so that when we see it chasing after them we see the same kind of blur that uh tatsuki saw when she was looking at Orihime's brother yeah 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 in episode three uh i always like the touches where it's like hey you know what we can't see these things they're fucking scary <laughs> Lin says, first episode Ichigo, at Rukia, who the hell are you? Fourth episode, but what if you get hurt? He told us last episode, he's not the kind of slime that can let someone he knows gets hurt. <laughs> God. Uh, while running back to the clinic, Karin tells Ichigo she saw the memories of the soul inside the parakeet because she's the closest to him in age, and that his strongest memory is, her mo is his mother being murdered in front of him. Karin begs him to save the child. Um, yeah, I, does, does this ever come up, like, of, like, being able to see the memories of a soul because you're closest to them in age? No. Uh, well, Karen doesn't come up in the story just in general. Just to, to break one of my rules, like, very, very quickly, she's very much, like, a side character, unless it's a, it's one of, like, two or three arcs specifically relating to her. Um, but I think the implication is just that oh, maybe during the night, because they're in the same house and she's the same age, like, you know, maybe some of his memories leaked into her, uh, like, just because she, he was so close already. I guess that uh, makes it sense. It is, like, it is also, like, oh, my God, here's another kid that lost his parents. Like, Jesus. Yeah, it's very sad. And, like, I, I, want, I, I want this poor bird to be saved. I, I, want, I want to save this kid, this poor baby. Keep up the good work, Chad. Keep up the good work. Stay cool, Chad. <laughs> uh, Rukia follows Chad and laments her Gigai's capabilities as it matches those of a normal human. Curse those technology development bureau workers. The I mean, she has a point. If you if you could make if you can make the the if you can make the artificial body like why do, why are you also making the artificial body be just as weak as the stuff like? what it's supposed to emulate. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for this, like, this line of her, like, lamenting it. It's it's good. The Hollow, known as Shrieker, 
mentions how nice the smell is, stopping Rukia in her tracks. By the way, don't think they ever mention the Hollow's names, uh, like, in the show, typically. Um, I am going to be using the wiki so that I'm not just constantly saying the Hollow. <laughs> um, for, for example, Sora's Hollow name is Acidwire, but I felt like Sora was easier to say, and, like, we knew who he was as a character, so I decided to just use, like, his human name. Um, but Acid Wire is such a metal name. Acid Wire is a really metal name. Yeah, Acid Wire. That that is correct, Lynn. Because he spits acid he, once. He did spit acid once. <laughs> it, it, not only that, that, that attack had a name. It was like Vitriol Shot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, the wiki states that these attacks have names, and I'm like, where are you getting this information I've, I've, I've actually been kind of thinking about, like, reading the manga alongside the anime so I can, like, note, like, extra details if I need to. Yeah, a lot of the chapters do open or end with uh, character profile sheets. True, 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 true. Maybe I will do that. You know what? I will do that. I, I, I'm, I'm adding to my, my suffering. I, I, Lily, no. <laughs> I, I have, I have Viz. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh... The Hollow, known as Shrieker, mentions how nice the smell is, stopping Rukia in her tracks. He states that she smells delicious and wants to devour her. They fight for a bit, and Rukia launches a cool and extremely longly titled spell, cheering herself on for regaining so much power before Shrieker emerges from the smoke completely unscathed. I, I just want to state, it, it feels like a spell that long would probably not be very useful in combat. Uh, although before the spell, she also has like a flying knee to the chin that looks sick. Oh, it's so good. It's it's. It, I I don't know why I felt like the last episode the budget like went down. Like it, the last episode felt really stilted, and then this episode suddenly like the animation quality went up again. Uh, very weird. Um, it, <laughs> Chad hears the thud and wonders what it was, and Yuichi tells him that Rukia is being attacked by the monster who is following them. There's a pretty funny bit where Chad puts, like, Yuichi down to go help Rukia, and Yuichi's like, I don't feel safe here! And then Chad, like, misunderstands and is like, oh, he's scared because he might get hit by, like, a car or something. So he puts him up on a wall, and he's like, oh, yes, you won't get hit this way, and starts running off. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, because he's like, no, you can't go. You can't see it. Like it'll kill you. You can't. You can't just leave me here. And then he just picks it up again and puts it on top of the wall. It's like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> it's very, very funny. I love Chad. Stay cool, Chad. Um, <laughs> Yuichi's like, you can't see spirits. What are you doing? Um, Shrieker states that he recognized her Soul Reaper spell, but that he felt nothing. It explains why he's why Rukia smells so yummy to him, though. Uh, he reveals that he's eaten two Soul Reapers before who tried to help the child, and Rukia's like, you mean the one in the parakeet, right? And he's like, yeah, of course I do. Who else would I be talking about? He's the only one relevant to this episode. Um, she demands to know why he's been pursuing the child, and he promises to tell her in full if she lets him devour her uh, without any resistance. Um, th that seems good. It's kind of creepy. Uh, I like it. Shriek I, I like Shrieker's design a lot more than I liked um, Sora's hollow design. Um, Acid wire. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I like Shrieker's design a lot more than I liked 
acid wires design. <laughs> I, I, I want the Smash announcer to just, like, announce all of these hollow names. Just get a nice, like, splash screen every time they show up. Have, like, a nice, like, JoJo, like, cut in between, like, for, like, the commercial break. That would be good. Cutting back to our boy, Corin begs Ichigo to save Yuichi and to let him know that he won't be alone if he passes on. He'll be with his mother again. Uh, and the episode ends, and we once again are left on a cliffhanger for a week. I liked this episode. This episode was pretty solid. I liked it, but I have... Like, I think my main issue with it is that everything surrounding Karen feels like it's just an excuse to get to have Rukia have some alone time with the Hollow. Because That's fair. she is she's bedridden, she can barely walk, and yet she shows up at this she shows up at the intersection at the same time as Ichigo does somehow. <laughs> it, it does <laughs> so feel it's like, very convenient. How you're like, how did you get here? Like, <laughs> she took the bus. Was he it's running fine. in circles? <laughs> and then she can't walk on her own, so he has to carry her back, and then she's like, actually drop me off here. I'll make it back regardless. Just go go back and do your job it's like okay well like it, it feels like it, it it is it feels a little contrived like it's got there's some good stuff and there's some good exposition that comes out of karen in this episode yeah but it also it also feels like the way that they move her around the story is a little bit contrived i agree with that i i, I think it's a little like myself being kind of nitpicky like i i, I agree with you i i thought that was a bit weird um I, I think that's a little nitpicky for this episode because, like, the rest of it's pretty good. But, like, I I agree completely. Um, that that felt very weird and kind of forced. Um, absolutely, I would never have noticed that the first like the first time I watched it this twelve years ago it was like not something that actually comes into mind. So. I I was happy to have more alone time with Rukia though. I, I I felt like she hasn't really gotten the spotlight a lot, and I I was happy to have like the change of pace of seeing her fight and like. You know, even if she didn't really do that much, like, it was still really cool. Yeah, and like Lynn says, like, the episode really is, everyone, Chad, please take care of yourself. Rest up, Chad. And then Chad goes, hmm, suddenly I can't hear, I can't listen to anyone. I can't hear a single noise. How about that? And the other bit that I, di I did really like, because uh, it's it's like a little subtle thing that they, that they do, is that Ishin on his phone call... Not only is he, like, yelling at the hospital, he tells them, Hey, if you go to the hospital director and you tell them my full name is telling you I need beds, he's going to get you beds. Like, he's- this guy's got some pull. Yeah, he must. I- I mean, I- I don't know how much we learn about this, because I don't remember, like, hospital stuff being, like, that important, but, like- I mean, I hope he has Paul. I hope so. I want those people to be safe. Ishin knows his worth. That's right, Lin. That's absolutely correct. He knows what he's worth. So, uh, we should probably wrap up, because we've- we are- this episode has gone on for a while. Um, uh, I liked episode four. Uh, I- I was not very hot on episode three, um, aside from, like, the very good bits- uh, overall, I liked episode four, though. Uh, minor nitpicks, but solid episode. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, the rest of this little arc with Shrieker and Chad. Uh, I'm excited to see our big boy, our resident big boy in action. Yeah, Lynn liked it, like both episodes, but four was a, a cut above. 
And on my side, I think I think personally that three has higher highs than episode four, but episode four is much better just in general. That's that's totally valid. I would actually agree with that. Um, three has just like when it gets good, it's like really good. But then like I did find myself like kind of bored by a lot of the episode. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, I guess let's plug our Twitters and Lynn's Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Lavender Paws, Lavender underscore Paws on Twitter. I'm at SSBSLJ. Uh, and Lynn is at Lote Lake, Lote, L-O-T-E underscore Lake on Instagram. Uh, you can follow her art blog there, uh, or her art Instagram. I guess it's not a blog. I don't know how Instagram works. I, I don't Instagram. Um, and you can follow our podcast on Twitter, uh, which I highly recommend doing. We'll post updates there. And uh, I, I guess we are thinking of starting to open up like questions for the episode. We'll just like post when we're recording. Uh, we record on Sundays, uh, typically like early on, around like 11 a.m. is what we're shooting for. Uh, 11 a.m. PST. Uh, and our Twitter is at Bleachcast, um, which... God, I cannot believe that was a thing. Um, and I believe our Gmail is uh, IWO Bleachcast at gmail.com. That's right. Hey, I remembered a thing. My sick brain is waking up. My sick, sick mind. Um, I, I am regaining my strength. Um, You're entering the world of caffeine. I'm entering the world of caffeine. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening guys. Uh, stay cool chats. Stay cool chats. <laughs>